everybody, Chris Harry with you on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. My guest this week is defensive backs coach Ron Milas. It was a great conversation with Coach, who has a homecoming this weekend. He's a Tacoma, Washington native, going back to Seattle on Sunday. We talk about how he got started in coaching, developing young players, and Pro Bowl caliber players. Since 2013, since Coach Milas became a member of this Chargers coaching staff, he's had a Pro Bowl player in that secondary every single season. All right, welcome to Episode 9 of the Backstage Chargers Podcast presented by Toyota. Coming to you from the office of secondary coach Ron Milas. Coach, how are you? Pretty good. Really good, actually. I had a, you know, had a chance to be uh, take a week off and kind of recharge for the, uh, the final drive for the season. Can you ever really take a week off? I mean, were you able to, to recharge fully? I know it's tough in the, in the middle of a, a long season like this. Uh, you know what? I actually did. So I didn't do a whole bunch. So uh, coach was uh, kind enough to give us a couple extra days off. And so I had an opportunity to kind of relax, look back and watch some other people play on the weekend. That's great. What'd you see around the league on Sunday? Well, some interesting things. I mean, it, uh, with, uh, with this whole thing with you know, the scoring being up, the game against the Rams, um, watching that game, how it came down to the end. Um, it's just interesting to see how, how things kind of fare out as a, as a fan, you can say. Absolutely. Well, listen, we got a lot to get into. Uh, a homecoming for you this Sunday, but I want to start with the last time the Chargers were on the field, mm-hmm. that two-point conversion attempt. Mm-hmm. I think everybody's a little stressed out here in L.A. I'm oh. sure the sidelines was the same. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. Walk me through not just – the the last two point conversion attempt, but the yeah. first one too, where yeah. Chargers call for a penalty. Well, I mean, really, at the end of the day, we ended up with this basically the same call. So it's a, a defense that we typically run down there in the red zone, um, and at the I didn't even see the foul. They said it was on twenty six and Casey Hayward, but Casey really didn't touch anyone. So uh, the only person that could have had a, a had a had a penalty would have been Derwin, but the guy actually picked Derwin and. and at that time, I'm like, there's no way that this foul is on Casey. And when you go back and look at it, it wasn't on Casey, and it really wasn't on Derwin. But we were fortunate, fortunate enough to come on back and um, and handle their next play, yep. their next two-point play. So at the end, uh, the Chargers won, and that's that's what it's all about. We didn't know what Coach Vrabel and company were going to do going down there, potentially tie the game or go for two. But, I mean, these are these are things you guys prepare for. Oh, absolutely. As the game was wearing on, I mean, when they got in, Inside a minute, um, everybody on our on our sideline said they're going for two. So it wasn't a surprise when they actually did it. Yeah, um, you know, not knowing that we're going to have to prepare for two two point plays, but we were able to come out and perform and, and get the win. Now, coach, every year you've been here, there's been a Pro Bowl player mm-hmm. on your unit, mm-hmm. and this year's probably no different. Um, it's not just the guys like Casey Hayward, Jason Verrett, though. Talk to a lot of these young guys. Just mm-hmm. the development. How much satisfaction as a coach does it give you to see the development of young guys? I mean, we'll use Jaleel as an example. He was a rookie the same year you came in to, to what he's become. Well, I'm, just, I'm happy for all those guys that have had a chance to come in and were given a chance, and they, and they took advantage of their chance. Uh, Jaleel is a perfect example of a guy coming in as a free agent, like you said. And... Uh, Starting off basically as a as a third safety, and now growing into a a person that we count on each and every Sunday, and then the rest of those guys have they've all grown. I mean, love what Casey's done since he's been here, and it's unfortunate that Jason got hurt, but 
Um, we keep on pushing, and these guys are getting better, and I'm happy for them all. I remember talking to Mike Davis in uh, training camp, mm-hmm. and this is a guy who, who's made a big leap from last year to this year. Oh, yeah. And he said one of the things about Coach Miles is he, he pushes you, and he holds you accountable. <laughs> and this is a precision <laughs> league, and he's, he said it in all favor to you. Uh-huh. You know, What does it mean to – to hear from guys like that and to see their leaps. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we all want, we all striving for perfection. And all I'm trying to do is get these guys to be the best that they can be. And at the end of the day, Mike has grown from an unknown free agent from BYU to a guy that we count on each and every week. Heck, Mike has played quite a bit for us here of late. He has. Um, so he's kind of, he's grown leaps and bounds. And I'm, I'm, I'm really, really happy and I'm glad to see where he's come. Coach, these guys are very close too, and, mm-hmm. and you've you've been around a lot of different secondaries mm-hmm. throughout your various stops throughout the league. How important is that as a secondary to to have each other's back? You could tell how animated, how much these guys love playing for you and, and for Gus and and for Coach Lynn. Oh well, I think that's uh, it's part of the reason why uh, over the last couple of years we've had some success because of the fact these guys are so close. Um, at the end of the day, I think the you know we we try to break bread with uh, on on Thursdays after meetings so we we'd have one of our players will will uh, have something catered in um, while we watch tape so that's a, that's another way of our group kind of um, getting closer and closer and you know obviously the, the celebration things that they like to do after they make a play kind of kind of lends to that that closeness um, at the end of the day these guys they love doing what they do and they love playing for one another and that's what I'm happy about for these guys I feel like it not only galvanizes the secondary though but I've seen Philip get involved in these these right. these celebrations now. I mean, is it that infectious energy that you think not only circulates around the secondary but the team as well? Well, I think yeah. You know, I've said this, and I think our, our guys say it all the time. If we bring energy, I'm talking about our secondary. Uh, the rest of these guys will come too. So I think that they have taken that to, at heart, uh, especially guys like Jaleel and Casey Hayward. They they are the ones that are stirring the pot. Yeah. And so they're bringing everybody else along. How much better can this secondary get this year, Coach? I mean, we're only in our week nine, and I hear a lot of people talk about how September, it, it still takes about four or five weeks to, for everybody to kind of get into a rhythm, being that, you know, even with you look at like the CBA, the the padded practices, things right. like that, right. it, you're not hitting as much in the offseason. Therefore, it, it takes a little bit longer for all 32 NFL teams to kind of get into a rhythm. Well, I think for the most part, we're you can say that our 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 guys are are getting better right now. Um, I think last year at this time, this is where we kind of hit our stride. Hopefully, the same thing will happen. I know we probably haven't played as well as we had we had done towards the end of the year, but I think that these guys are primed and ready to go from this this point forward. Um, shoot, I, I mean the the next what, three or four weeks, we're playing top teams. Yep. And if we're not on our P's and Q's, you know, bad things could happen. So hopefully our guys are ready to go and keep on comp- improving and let the results be the results. And I think it's gonna, I think we're going to like our results. Absolutely. And it's like you said, it starts on Sunday against mm-hmm. a guy like Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. Super Bowl champion. He had a perfect quarterback rating last week against the Lions. What do you see from this Seattle offense? Looks to be clicking right now. Uh, very much so. The one thing that they've done, and they've, it looks like they've made it a concentrated effort to run the football. And that has set up all the play action and all the other things that Russell's capable of doing, especially with the throws downfield. He's extremely accurate at throwing balls downfield. And these, uh, you know, the receivers are doing a really, really nice job of um, making plays for him. I think his threat to 
to be able to run the football too. You know, I was just talking to a gentleman from uh, the Seattle Times who was talking about that fourth quarter. They didn't even throw the ball because they didn't need to. But right. but even just Russell's threat, you know, that that pass run option, oh, you got to account for. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's made a living with his legs, and not to take anything away from what he's able to do throwing the ball because he's an excellent thrower. But the thing that scares most people is his ability to extend plays or the uh, RPOs like you just talked about. Uh, the, the threat of him running also puts fright in a defense. All right, guys, quick break. want to tell you about a rare chance for you and a guest to join the Chargers on the field before kickoff. You get two tickets to a game and a special VIP meet and greet with our guys, NFL analysts Matt Money-Smith and Daniel Jeremiah. Enter for the chance to win the Backstage Chargers prize pack by going to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. No purchase necessary. It's open to Southern California area residents 18 and over. This ends January 10th, 2019. Again, go to chargers.com slash win for rules and details. All right, let's get back to part two of my conversation with Coach Milas on the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Speaking of Seattle... This is a homecoming for you, Coach. Oh, Tacoma, Washington. Uh, what was it like growing up in Tacoma? Well, well, shoot, back. I didn't know any better. I loved it at the time, and I still do. I still call it home. I, I typically try to get back to the Northwest at least once uh, in the summertime. I, still, I got a lot of family and friends that still live up in that area. I'm a University of Washington grad. I still love the Huskies. Yeah. And growing up, shoot, my team was the Seahawks. Yeah. I would say, did you grow up a Seahawks fan? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I remember going to the Kingdom back in the day and always rooting for the Seahawks on, the, who, on Sundays. Who was on that team, the team that you rooted well, for? Jim Zorn, obviously. I would say Jim Zorn's a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And back in some of the names, uh, Kurt Warner was a name, Kenny Easley, um, yeah. some, of the, some of the guys that are kind of highlighted back in those days. So – um, always been a Seahawks fan, uh, unless they're playing the team I'm coaching with. But, which is on Sunday. <laughs> coach, Absolutely. football it was ingrained probably at a, a young age. You were son of a coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. My dad uh, uh, was a high school coach uh, back at Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Actually, he became the high school coach at the school I went to after I graduated. And so um, after I finished uh, up at the University of Washington, I was fortunate uh, enough to, to go back and Helped him coach there for three years at Lincoln High School back in the late 80s. And Lawyer Malloy was there at that time? Absolutely. Lawyer and John Kidna. Yeah. So the two pretty good players that, have, that came out came out of that program that my dad was able to develop. Um, Lawyer still living in, the, in that area. I think Kidna might be in the Phoenix area coaching some high school ball as well as going to coach in that new league. But both of those guys were young players at the time, and uh, uh, we're um, – I'm excited about what they've done in their careers and to see where John's come from a skinny dude to become the Seahawk quarterback, Cincinnati quarterback, Dallas Cowboy quarterback to what he's doing now. Yeah. And lawyer at the time, you could kind of see it coming. Uh, great athlete as a ninth grader, and you're like, geez, what is that down there? That looks different. <laughs> yeah, so. That's not something you see every day. <laughs> Absolutely. So he, he did he did wonderful things for my for my dad's team and then went on to the University of Washington and did wonderful things. Speaking of the University of Washington, you played defensive back, kick returner. Uh-huh. What was it like going to Washington, especially winning that Orange Bowl, right? 85, uh, 84, 85 season? Uh, absolutely. Um, well, it was always a childhood dream to play for the Huskies. I can remember as a, as a kid, my that's the one thing that was consistent, that my mom and dad, we always went to Husky games and sat in the end zone. And so when it was time for me to choose a school, 
back in 1982, it was a pretty easy choice. You already when, knew. When they wanted me. So I, I was like, you know what, I want you here. <laughs> so it, it ended up being a, a great marriage for me, meaning that um, I had a chance to play four years up there. And then I was fortunate enough to come back, um, what, what year would that have been, 91, as, a, as an assistant coach and stayed there, what, seven or eight years. And we had some success. And then uh, they're still having success. They definitely are. I think I just looked at the AP Top 25. I think they're like 26. Yeah, I think they're right yeah, on the outside man, looking in here. They stubbed their toe last week. That was unfortunate. But, again, I still follow the Huskies, love what they're doing, yeah. love what Coach is doing up there. Um, and one day they'll bring another national championship back to Seattle. There you go. So I mentioned that Orange Bowl. That was against the Sooners, right? Uh-huh. Barry Absolutely. Switzer. Absolutely. Actually, Troy Aikman was on that team, but I don't think he was playing. Uh, no, I think the headliner at the time was Brian Bosworth. Yep. On yep. the defensive side, the boss. Yeah, and uh, that game, I, I I do remember that the Sooner Schooner came out and they got a penalty and kind of ignited what we were doing uh, uh, with our football team and we not we went on to win the football yeah. game. So it was kind of cool back in those days. As, as a kick returner, a return specialist, who, who did you gravitate towards in the league that that played that position? Well, I don't know if I really did. It was my my way of reliving my high school days of being a running back at Lincoln High School, mm. and so it was my way of of touching the ball. Uh, at the time, I wasn't probably big enough to be a you know a full-time running back, and I, I ended up becoming a defensive back there at the University of Washington. And, but I still had the, the, the love to somehow have that ball in my hand. And uh, they gave me an opportunity to become a punt returner there, and the rest is history. You know, speaking of punt returners, what Desmond King's been able to do the last few weeks, it seems like he's found his niche. Uh, have you given him any advice on, on things? That- no, other than keep doing what you're doing, brother. Yeah. He's done a nice job. One thing that Desmond does, he catches the ball and he gets north and south. And once you do that, it's tough for the defense to react to you or uh, to what you're doing. And he's got sure hands. And all he's trying to do is get a first down for us, and he's been doing a wonderful job of doing that for us. And it's just – it's one of the things where I think it's just inherent. You, you have a nose for it, right? Uh, you uh, really can't teach certain things about that position. Well, I think Desmond had that had a history of doing this. I mean, He did that all Desmond, at Iowa. Uh, he did. I mean, there's a reason why he was the Thorpe Award winner. He has a knack for knowing where the ball is as a defensive back, and he has a knack to knowing what to do with the ball if he has it in his hands. And now people are, are able to see it at this level. So when did you know you wanted to become a coach? I really didn't know that I wanted to become a coach. My dad, uh, again, he was the um, head high school coach at Lincoln High School, lost his secondary coach prior to two-a-days. So he had no one to coach. I was working as a sales rep at Champions Athletic Supply in Tacoma, Washington. Wow. And he says, Ron, I need a little help. Uh, I lost my secondary coach. Would you Would you help me? Nah, Dad, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> okay, all right, I'll do it. And so I did it for three years, had more fun doing that. And then I decided, you know what, I, there's, there might be a chance to make this a living. I like doing this more than my nine to five. Let's see if I can uh, try to make this a living. Oh, and wow. that's how I got to the University of Washington. Ended up calling Coach James um, at the time. And I want to say I called him, might have been in early March, and I asked the question, hey, coach, a year from now, would you consider me as a graduate assistant? And he said, you know, certainly. So we, we small talk, and then probably about two weeks before spring ball, he gives me a call. Hey, I've got this position. I've got a graduate assistant position here. Do you want it? 
And so I ended up taking it, quit my job, took the job, and the best thing that ever happened to me was that going back there that particular year, um, it was 1991, we ended up winning all of our games, we win the national championship. How about that? Uh, and the, the secondary coach at the time was Larry Slade, and Coach Slade uh, uh, was a great, great coach. He ended up from that point going on to be the defensive coordinator at Maryland, and so that position that position came open. And it's funny how this this profession works. Absolutely, and so it's uh, it's the first uh, part of February. And I can remember, I can't remember uh, Coach James' secondary. I want to say it was Cindy or something of that nature. But anyway, she comes in, hey, Coach James wants to see you. I'm like, man, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> that was your first well, thought? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, at the time, yeah, yeah, that was my first thought. And so I go in, and he says, hey, I've been watching you when you were down there at Lincoln High School, and I've watched what you've done here so far since you've been here. Uh, we're going to make you the, the the DB coach or the corners coach here at Washington. I'm like, oh my goodness! Wow! It was after a, you know less than a year of being back, so the rest is history uh, from that point on. Did you put added pressure on yourself knowing that hey, this is this is big shoes to fill at that at that time oh, in your oh, career? Well, absolutely, I knew what we're, what I was getting into. I mean, we just won every game the year prior, and so uh, obviously the, at the time the University of Washington was pretty much at the top of their game and I was just trying to make sure I don't I didn't mess it up yeah. so at the end of the day everything worked out good what's the biggest piece of advice that you've taken from your dad uh, and you've carried through not only through your college career as a coach but but your 18 years in the NFL um I guess the biggest thing would be treat people with respect and dignity and it will come back full full turn Mm. And I, at least, I, at least I try to. Yeah. And I think that's helped me in my career uh, thus far. Treat people right, and they'll treat you right, and everything will turn out to be turn out for the best. When did you realize you wanted to, to make that leap to the league, to the NFL? Well, <laughs> I don't know if I ever knew I was going to do it. I was at the time. I was at Texas A and M. It was 1999. We had just finished up our season. And we were uh, we were starting to look at our cutups, and so I'm I can remember where it was one day we're looking at our cutups. We took a break, and Tim Cassidy, who's the assistant athletic director at Arizona State now, uh, was in charge of football operations of something you know, something like that. And he says, you know, Ron, the Denver Broncos called. Hey, they want to talk to you. I'm like, right, Tim? No, no way. So I go back. We continue to watch tape. And we take another break. Hey, they called again. I think they're serious. You mean the Broncos who just won the Super Bowl about two years ago? He says, yeah. I said, okay. I ended up talking to him. And the next thing you know, I'm a Denver Bronco after being Isn't less than a year uh, there at AM. Those so. parallels, though? Oh, absolutely. The fact yeah. that Washington coming off oh, yeah. a, oh, yeah. what, a one-loss season or right. undefeated season? Uh, yeah, undefeated season. We and won then, a national championship. And then the Broncos win the Super Bowl. Two uh, years later, they want you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And so the things that have happened to me to get me to this point, uh, some people would say, no way that didn't happen. Absolutely it did happen. I mean, just for me to get back, to get into the coaching thing, someone had to leave their job on my dad's staff. Mm. Uh, to me to get to the University of Washington, someone had to leave to open up that position for me to get into. Uh, a year later, someone had to leave to get, to get a promotion to a coordinator's job, and I happened to be there and uh, was ready for it. 
and that's how I'm here. You get those opportunities, <laughs> but you, you got to take advantage of them, and Absolutely. you certainly have. And I think, Coach, this is applicable to really any profession. You know, if, if you work hard at something, sometimes you got to have a little luck along the way. Oh, yeah. you, you got oh, to yeah. take advantage of those those opportunities that present themselves. Oh, absolutely. And knock on wood, and I've been able to, and hopefully we'll continue to do this for years to come. Coach, as we get you out of here, um, I know this is a special weekend for you. What are your plans? I know there's not much family time when, when you have a, a road trip like this, but I imagine you have some family at the game. And uh, Actually, my wife and my, my youngest son, uh, they're flying up to Seattle. Uh, my brother will be at the game. Um, so I'll see all three of those those guys there. I don't know about the rest of my family about coming. Um, I see them during the summertime for the most part. So yeah. it is still a business trip, but they wanted to go up and uh, and see uh, see us play the Seahawks. So kind of excited about it. Uh, hopefully the, the Chargers will prevail. Hopefully get to 6-2. and two. <laughs> Coach, after this, this game in Seattle, the back half of the year, the last eight, um, what do you like about – how this team is playing overall and just moving forward, keeping that momentum going. Well, I think we're gaining confidence. When anytime you can win at the end of the game, um, that gives you confidence that you know that uh, you know you can prevail uh, through anything. I mean, what happened against San Francisco, what happened against Tennessee, those things help our football team. Mm. So it'll help our football team grow. So hopefully, we'll get to Seattle, do the same thing, get ourselves a win up there, and then that'll that'll push us to do even better things down the, down in the future. How important was that 10-day road trip for you guys? Uh, well, I can say this. I know our players have said it. Right? It brought us closer together, you know, being on the road basically for 10 days straight, living in a hotel in there in Cleveland, and then traveling on a plane, you know, for eight, nine, ten hours uh, to another country, and you had to get to know each other for the most part, and then the same thing coming back. So... Um, I think it will help our team down the road. Everybody's all in, you can say, mm. that uh, we're ready for this, this this last stretch of the season. And hopefully, like I said, it'll lead to bigger and better things. Well, Coach, we know it's a busy week. We know you're preparing for the Seahawks. Can't thank you enough for your time today. Not a problem. Thank all right. you. All right, that's going to do it for episode number nine of the Backstage Chargers podcast presented by Toyota. Now, this is a brand new podcast, so we need your help to move this up the charts on Apple Podcasts by giving us a rating and review. This podcast posts every Tuesday, and then be on the lookout for an all-new Chargers Weekly this Thursday, ready to get you ready for the Week 9 matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.